The Gospel reading is from Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. Let us listen to the word of God. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, He sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark at the end of the storm is a golden sky and the sweet silver song of a Testament lesson comes to us from Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning with the 15th verse. Let us listen to the word of God. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him, for that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For a lot of folks here, football season has begun. It's fun, it's entertaining, it's a sport many of us played, grew up watching. Some of us, football is life. So life right now has begun, right? I saw all kinds of Facebook messages on social media, all people excited about this weekend with 
football games here in town, college football, all kinds of football. Now, Siobhan and I recently got a free month subscription to Apple TV, so we could do one thing, watch the TV show Ted Lasso. So for the three people who've watched Ted Lasso here, I want to tell you about it. Football is life. Football is life means something completely different. This show is nominated for 20 Emmy Awards, and I definitely encourage it. It includes including outstanding comedy series. Jason Sudeikis is a football coach hired to manage a British soccer team. So what Tad Lasso knocks in knowledge, he makes up with optimism, determination, and biscuits, of course. Near the end of the first season, a new player is transferred to the team, Danny Rojas from Guadalajara, Mexico. He's released from injury, and every time you see him, Playing, he says, football is life, football is life, over and over again. It's not long until you believe what he says. Danny loves the game and is phenomenal at playing. You soon believe what he says is true. He plays and he runs and he lives and he breathes. Football. Soccer. Soccer, right? Good, you got that, good. In today's Old Testament reading, we hear Moses preaching. He's preparing the Israelites as they are about to enter the promised land. And it's a pretty simple message. Moses is telling them that they're at a crossroads and they have a choice between life and prosperity or death and adversity. If they follow and obey the commandments of the Lord, loving God, walking in his ways, observing the commandments, all the decrees, then they shall live and God will bless them in the land. In contrast, if their hearts turn away and they do not hear, they're led astray bow down to other gods, serve them, then they shall perish. Choose life, it says, so that you and your descendants shall live. Essentially, this is what a good coach desires for their team. As the players get out on the field, they hope all they worked on in practice would help them in the game. I mean, this is essentially what Coach Ted Lasso says, and probably what every other coach says. And similarly, this is what parents desire for their children. We want our kids to succeed, to make the right choices, to do well in anything they strive for. And especially on a day when we celebrate baptism in our church family, as Harrison Edward Yeska is baptized, I know this is what Sarah and David desired for their children, and I'm certain this is what Patrick and Kayla desire for theirs. Today, as we celebrate baptism, we pray and yearn for Harrison and his family to choose a good life. As each of us are called to remember our baptism, we too are reminded to choose a good life and prosperity over death and adversity, to love God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength. And it'd be nice if it were only that simple, right? But it's not. Somehow I'm a bit leery of this prosperity kind of gospel, I'm convinced more and more that the prosperity gospel is heretical. The idea that if we believe and say exactly the right thing, God blesses us with wealth and health like a genie in a bottle. But it's right there in Deuteronomy, isn't it? So if it's not heretical, then it's too black and white or too simplistic. I think it's just... Sometimes bad theology, 
Imagine if we are faithful and God is here to give us blessings and prosperity, but then one day, you know this happens, tragedy comes. We've been faithful and loving. We've even sacrificed and helped those in need. And when this tragedy comes, which is just the way life is sometimes, when death and adversity come, then we can easily feel like we must be doing something wrong. Or we think God isn't fulfilling God's end of the bargain. So when we experience failure or a loved one dies unexpectedly or our health wanes, So I worry that this passage in Deuteronomy is setting this up to be disappointed in God, to be disappointed in our faith, to be disappointed in life. So I'm very cautious about promoting a prosperity gospel because it sets us up for disappointment. It's not the message that Jesus preaches. Today's message is very contrasting. Now, Jesus' desire encourages us to live for a new kingdom, God's kingdom, which will not disappoint. But Jesus says, and Jesus says in our gospel text, to choose death, to take up our cross, which is essentially the opposite of what Moses says, who says to choose a good life and prosperity. These contrasts, I think, are good, especially when we hear about this prosperity gospel. I was talking to a parent who now has an adult child, and he said he wished that he did things differently for his eldest. I wanted my child to succeed, and for the most part, he has, but I wish I would have taught him something he's not very good at how to fail, how to lose well. Sometimes he doesn't even try something if he thinks he's going to fail. As much as Moses desires his flock to choose a good life, they never really figure it out. Eventually God becomes incarnate in Jesus Christ, showing us how to choose that good life. What does it mean to choose a good life in our world? One scholar says it this way, we live in what much of the world would call a promised land material, materially, and yet we are divided and bittered in our shared life. What does choosing life mean in our politics, the way we spend our money, how we treat undeserved people in our country, or in how we use social media to name a few of the choices we face? We're standing on the edge of something new in our common life. How do we choose the good life? How do we do it when other people around us are choosing bitterness? So Siobhan and I binge-watched Ted Lasso, and we're now starting the second season, which is part of our goal. We have a month, right? And Danny Rojas, the player who says, football is life, football is life. He hits a major roadblock, and he becomes devastated, and he can't see any way forward. And his new chorus changes to football is death. He's playing on the field, he's suffering. Coach doesn't know what to do, 
So he eventually calls in a very good professional counselor. After a few hours of counseling, Danny makes it back to the field, plays with a deeper sense and understanding of football, and he's back to his old playing self, but with a changed outlook. Now, if it were only that easy, but hey, it's, they got 30 minutes, right? He tells his coach and teammates the way he now sees football. He says this, football is life. Football is death. Football is football. And he adds an extra profound pause, making you realize that football is just football sometimes. And then he cheerfully says, like he always had, football is life. Now, as a pastor who is skeptical of the prosperity gospel that Moses is preaching, I like the new perspective and change that Danny Rojas experiences. It's deeper, not just simplistic and two-dimensional. And similarly, it's taken God's people a long time to figure out what it means to say, choose a good life. We read prophet after prophet. We had kings and rulers trying to tell us what to do. And God's people still couldn't figure it out. It finally took Jesus coming here, living and yearning for God's kingdom, for us to get a clue. To choose a good life and prosperity according to God has nothing to do with wealth, accumulation of material possessions and land, to love those who are the least, to live in community as a family, to receive and share love even with our enemies, to forgive, to accept failure, to accept loss, to take up our cross and follow Jesus. Choose a good life means living just like Jesus. It takes learning how to fail and how to lose, which is sometimes the only way to really truly live. So let's take the profound words from Danny Rojas and replace the word football with God. God is life. God is death. God is God. A dramatic pause to really take in that last phrase, God is God. And God is life. It's not simplistic. It's not prosperity. But we are called to choose a good life, to choose God, which means we are bound to fail, bound to lose, and in so doing, we choose to live like Jesus. God is life. God is death. God is God. God is life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
praise for them springing fresh from the word. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x dot o-r-g. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you either by email, mail, or phone. God bless And may you have a peaceful and safe year.